Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And uh, with me this time is just Senior Staff Writer, Joey Alibro. Uh How you doing, Joey? I'm doing good, despite the Giants losing. Uh, I'm sure you're having a good week after that Bears win. <laughs> uh, I'm a little jealous. Yeah, well, you know, the Giants, man, they got, they got shut out for the first time since 2017. So it hasn't been actually that long since they were shut out <laughs> last time. Ryan but, um, was so kind to uh, remind me of that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. Speaking of which, Ryan won't be joining us tonight. He is sick as a dog. Couldn't make it to 9 p.m. My goodness, I couldn't believe that. Uh, but hey, listen, that's all right. The show must go on. Uh, we can be, uh, and, and this time maybe we'll have a PG-13 show without Ryan on board. It would be really nice to get some listen to the show this time around. Um, so let me ask you this. It has been it has been a brutal, brutal weekend for fantasy football. I have only one contest left uh, in which I have a shot. Uh, but I just got destroyed because of the likes of Keenan Allen going out with a hit pointer early in the game. Lamar Miller going out with an ankle injury um, after only eight yards. And Andrew Luck just putting up absolutely nothing because Marlon Mack had all the touchdowns. How about you? Did you have any uh, horror stories from the fantasy football weekend? Yeah, this uh, this week was our semifinal to get into the championship. And I got beat because Odell was hurt. Saquon yep. got held to 31 yards. Oh, unbelievable. Brandon a, yeah, Brandon Cooks had an off game. Zach Ertz had an off game. Yep. It was just a recipe for disaster. Maybe. Oh, yeah. And I can tell you, it was like, and, you know, not only did the, the studs just not show up a lot. I mean, I, I had, that actually was an issue all the way around. But I had a situation where I had guys on the bench who I could have played and I didn't play. Like, for instance, I played Aaron Jones, and I benched Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman having, the, like, the best game of his life this weekend. And I, uh, I benched Alshon Jeffrey because I thought, hey, what the heck, he hasn't been doing anything. And Nick Foles, how, how could he possibly win? And then I played Jarvis Landry. So that was a huge, huge mistake. Uh, I'm paying the price. Like I said, I got one, one more chance at redemption at a shot at a fantasy, uh, at a fantasy uh, championship game tonight. And I actually put this up on Twitter. I said I needed 21 combined fantasy points and standard scoring with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Um, and I asked everybody, how many? what are the chances of winning? 89% thought I would win. 11% thought I would lose. All I can say is thank you, Riverboat Ron, for going for it in fourth down and letting Christian McCaffrey pass for a 50-yard touchdown. So I'm <laughs> feeling pretty good right now. Of course, if, if, if things hold up like they did during the weekend, I am sure what's going to end up happening is that they're both going to pull a hamstring and be out for the rest of the game, and I'll lose by like a two two points or something like that because that's that's just the way it goes with you, you know. All right, here we yeah. go. Let's you got lots to talk about today. We're going to be talking about our updated power rankings. We're going to be talking about the most surprising games of Week 15, some waiver wire pickups for fantasy football for you championship guys, and Week 16 DFS strategy. Much more. Let's get it rolling. All right, let's get it started with our updated power rankings. So, Joey, why don't you hit us with your top five this week? A lot of changes over the Week 15 games, which we're going to get to in a minute. But where are your power rankings sit right now? Um, not a lot of changes from the last two or three weeks that we talked about. Um, just basically rotating teams out of that five-six hole that I had them in, and then bringing them up to the top five. So mm-hmm. I've got the Saints at one, the Chiefs at two, the Bears at three. 
the Rams at four and the Chargers at five over after their win over Kansas City. No, that's very interesting. So I have something kind of similar, um, but I actually swapped the uh, Bears and the Chargers, and I'm a Bears fan, so I'm the opti- the most optimistic Bears guy here. But I have Saints, Chiefs, Chargers, Rams, Bears. Tell me what makes you. Um, how do you? Why, why did the Bears jump the Ram- Chargers? I love it. I absolutely love it. But why, in your book, did the Bears jump the Rams? Well, two reasons. Um, the Bears have had really strong defensive performances against the Rams and the Packers these past two weeks. Um, and I don't. I don't know if I trust the Chargers just yet. I mean, they're still in position to win the division at 11 and three. But mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn is what makes me hesitate putting them higher for right now. Um, I mean, if they close out the season strong, win their last two games, maybe grab that number one seed in the AFC, then I'll have a little bit more respect for them. But mm-hmm. I think five is a good spot for them. Yeah, you know, and I think it's interesting because um, the Chief, I mean, the Chargers, what they showed to me was they had a lot of resilience there against the uh, Chiefs. It also showed me that the Chiefs' defense is going to need a lot of work. Um, and they also showed me the veteran presence of Phillip Rivers. You know, think what you will about him. I mean, there's obviously a lot of things you can say about him personally, but – he showed some real leadership at the end, kind of bringing them back uh, and using Justin Jackson. So not even having a no, no Melvin Gordon, no, Austin, no Austin Eckler um, going to your third uh, running back on a depth chart and being successful at that. Um, and then the big Mike Williams coming out party with Keenan Allen going out the hit pointer. I mean, they were really working with a lot of uh, secondary and tertiary guys here and they still made it happen. So I actually have a lot of, I have a lot of respect for the Chargers, um, and I would love to move them back a little bit, but um, I have them at three right now, so that's where I have them there. And, but I do believe I, – I agree with you. I mean, I think the Bears have very – obviously, being a, being biased, I think the Bears had some very important wins and showed some resilience against the Rams. But after the Rams lost to the Eagles last night, I'm, I'm not so sure how impressive that is anymore. And that's not yeah. to say that the Rams aren't good. And, and not to give any credit to Nick Foles, the magic man who can step in and just win games randomly. But, um, you know, it did give me a little bit of pause there. Now the saints have been struggling a little bit, you know, they did come off the one loss um, to, which is interesting because that loss I believe was to the Dallas Cowboys and um, the Dallas Cowboys got shut out yesterday. So that makes you kind of wonder what was going on there and, and yeah. got shut out against the Colts, who's not one of the best defenses. So how confident are you with the, with the saints being there at number one? Uh, because I had struggled um, with that a little bit myself. I did struggle with that as well. Uh, the, they have that game against Carolina tonight. Uh, we've been talking about it's, I think it's a good test for their defense because uh, North Turner has really turned that uh, offense around. Honestly. Um, I mean, Carolina has been struggling recently, but we saw, earlier in the season, how explosive that offense can be. Um, and mm-hmm. we've talked about on the podcast that the Saints defense has been improving. And I think yep. against a division rival like this uh, late in the season, this is a really good test for them. Um, just because we're doing the podcast on a Monday night during the game, that's why right. I have them at one. I, w- I was yep. hesitant to move them down before the game. Um, right. But, yeah, on the on the Rams, these, these losses are just kind of confusing to me. Um, they just look out of whack. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely writing them off because they're so talented on both sides of the ball. And obviously McVay is a genius at the coaching position. And right. I mean, there's still with three losses on the season is really impressive. So that's why I moved them down to four. Um, I really want to talk about the teams that we've, <laughs> we've left off here. Right. Um, we, we didn't talk about the Patriots. Um, 
Ryan definitely would have kept him out of his top five for sure right. for another week yep. after that loss to the Steelers. Um, that's another team that just didn't look itself. Uh, Brady got the ball back late in that game, and I just expected him to drive down the field and, and win that game. But that's yeah. not exactly what happened. It looked really lackluster and no sense of urgency. Um, and then my first three teams out, not in any particular order, it would be the Texans, uh, the Steelers, and the Seahawks. Uh, Steelers, a lot of talent on the ball, on both sides of the ball. And then Seattle had that weird loss against San Francisco, but division games can get, be kind of fluky. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. And those are definitely um, – those are the ones that I had kind of first out as well. And I, I have to say that um, I am kind of interested in what the Texans will do. You know, the fact of the matter is that I actually – preseason had said that if I was going to place a bet on a team to get to the Super Bowl and win it, not, and not take, you know, just not take the, the highest odds team, because of, of course, you know, taking this, taking the Patriots, um, you actually barely made any money if you placed that bet prior to the season. But um, so I picked the Texans uh, and I believe the Texans were somewhere around 20 to one. And um, I, I thought I saw a lot of positives there with um, Watson coming back. Now it took them three games to get back on their feet, you know, at the beginning of the season, and Watson showed a lot of rust, obviously not playing most of last season due to injury, but they really have picked it up after that, and they they rattled off nine straight, and they had a little bit of a hiccup, um, and they barely, really kind of barely made it by the New York Jets, but you know, I don't think people give the Jets the amount of credit they should get now, because Darno looked magnificent in that game, um, and really put up a huge fight, more so than I thought would uh, we would have seen out of the New York Jets, so you know, I, I think that the Texans are, are just on the verge there. They're kind of just sitting on the outside. The Patriots, um, you're right. I just don't feel the sense of urgency from them. Um, I feel a little bit of um, uh, of them kind of complacently sitting there saying we're going to make it, so who really cares? I'm, not just get, I'm just not getting that urgency. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I don't know if that's talent or if it's just the way they're being coached right now, but it does give me a little bit of pause. And I've had them in and out of that top four and five spot as you have all year and I'm just not feeling confident about them at this point. Um, all right. So there's a lot uh, going on there. And since we've been talking about it already, we might as well move on to our next topic, which is really what's on everybody's mind. It's uh, these week 15 games. There's some crazy, crazy games that happened this week. Um, so there's a couple here that we're going to talk about, but what, what I'll do is I'm going to name off uh, a couple of these that we thought were particularly um, topsy turvy and uh, I'm going to have uh, you, Joey, rank them uh, from most surprising to least surprising and then tell us why you feel that way. So first off is the Seattle Seahawks at the uh, at the 49ers. You mentioned this just a minute ago, Joey, and uh, that was an overtime loss for the Seahawks to the 49ers. And then 3-10 and 10 49ers beating those streaking Seahawks in the wildcard position. So that was very surprising, 26-23. The other game, next game that we're, we're going to be considering is this uh, – Eagles um, game uh, with the Rams, and that was um, very surprising as well. Um, the Eagles actually controlled that game almost entirely throughout the third quarter. The Rams did make it slightly closer in the fourth quarter and had a shot. Uh, they wasn't able to pull it through for overtime, but it was the Eagles that really dominated most of that game, and that was uh, very surprising with Nick Bold under center, and that puts the Rams at two losses in a row. Then the next game under consideration is the Cowboys at the Colts, and that's, again, another one of those surprising games. The Cowboys streaking coming into the game, looking very, very good. And then you have the Colts there, not known for their defense, completely shutting out the Cowboys 
Now, I believe that has been uh, – it's been a while since the Cowboys have been shut out, not like your Giants. You know, they actually had a couple little bit of a run. <laughs> but um, but that, that was also uh, a little bit surprising. And then, of course, the Patriots and Steelers game, which you already mentioned, with the Steelers winning 17-10. to 10. And then this uh, Chiefs-Chargers game, where the Chargers pulled out at the last second of the game, essentially the two-point conversion, very aggressive to win 29-28. to 28. So with those five games in mind uh, – Joey, why don't you rank those from most surprising to you to least surprising, and then uh, let us know why you think that. All right. Uh, starting out most surprising, uh, Eagles-Rams game last night was just really, really weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. Bowles was in instead of Wentz. Um, honestly, I didn't expect them to even have a chance against the Rams. Like, when I was looking at the Giants, like, what they needed to happen – I was penciling in the Rams against the Eagles because, Mm -hmm. I mean, the Rams are a juggernaut in this league this year, and the Eagles have been really lackluster after their Super Bowl win last year. Um, Mm -hmm. Rams' defense didn't show up yesterday. Rams' offense wasn't there until the fourth quarter when they were down 30-13. to Um, It looked – the Rams looked – they didn't look disciplined at all, especially we we saw that punt returner fumble – there didn't even uh it wasn't even caused by any contact he just dropped the ball in a big big time situation which cost them a lot of time i know they got the ball back after jake elliott's missed field goal because of course he misses then and not against the giants last year from 63 um uh, (laughs) yeah so that's the eagles rams game at one uh the colts cowboys at two because like you said the colts defense isn't really known for being any good and we've seen the Cowboys just go on a tear recently with Zeke, Dak, and Amari Cooper uh, since he's gotten there. And I was expecting them to actually <laughs> score some points, and they didn't this week. So that's why I have them yep. at two that game. Um, at three, I've got the Seahawks Niners. Um, I mentioned it before, but division games can be kind of weird. The Seahawks defense looked really shaky, and they haven't had a lot of talent on that side of the ball this year compared to the Legion of Boom years. Mm-hmm. Um the offense did what it was supposed to. I mean, they only put up 23 points, but Russell Wilson had 240-plus yards with, like, only eight incompletions or something like that, two touchdowns. Chris Carson mm-hmm. had a big game, rushing for over 120 yards. So uh, that's what that's what really concerns me about the Seahawks is their, is their defense when they're going to go against high-powered offense in the playoffs like the Saints or the Rams on their best day. Or even if they go against Minnesota at some point, we saw them put up 40 uh, that's a, mm-hmm. that's another game that was really really weird to me after firing DeFilippo and Stefanski coming in as their offensive coordinator. Right. Um, my fourth game is going to be Pat Steelers. Um, not not all that surprising to me, um, just because I think the Steelers are a really good team despite their uh, above average record. You know they still have Big Ben, they still have Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, they can get it done on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the only reason I have it ranked ahead of the Chargers Chiefs game is because the Patriots didn't show up the way I expected them to in a big time uh-huh. game in December. Um, but Chargers Chiefs is my least surprising game out of those five that you mentioned um, because I think the Chargers are a really good team. Their record shows uh-huh. it. They're talented on both sides of the ball, like we've talked about before. Phillip Rivers just seasoned in what he does, been in the league since 2004, been starting since 2005 or 2006. Um, what he's done without Melvin Gordon back there. And like you said, Keenan Allen went out with that hit pointer. It's just 
really speaks volumes about the type of quarterback he is. And honestly, I want to see him do well because I think he's a great quarterback. And if he doesn't win anything in his career, I'm afraid he's going to be lumped in with my boy, Eli Manning, in the minds <laughs> of average NFL fans as like quarterbacks in history that were above average, pretty good. You know, Hall of Very Good. Right. Yeah, no, so no, I think that's that, my... that, yep. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's a good, that's a good list. That I've actually, it's very close to the, uh, the way I, I had it ranked as well. Um, the only difference being that I flipped your one and two. I, the most surprising game to me was the Cowboys Colts and then two was Eagles Rams. And I flipped your four and five as well. The most, the least surprising game to me is the Patriots Steelers. Uh, and then I have the Chiefs Chargers at four. Now, the reason why I had the Colts Cowboys at one, and this is actually for the many of the reasons that you actually mentioned as well, is the fact that they shut out the Cowboys. You know, I mean, I, I was I was shocked by the fact that they were able to completely shut down. I mean, Dak Prescott, no doubt, played very poorly. So clearly that was part of the problem was that they just played, that Dak Prescott played so poorly um, that um, they didn't really have much of a chance. I mean, he did not look like he was in rhythm. Uh, Amari Cooper didn't look like he was in rhythm with him. And after just a complete breakout week to completely go in the tank like that, very shocking. And Ezekiel Elliott, uh, even though he had a, a relatively productive day, uh, all things said, was just ineffective. He wasn't able to move the ball. I mean, he had a couple of nice chunk plays here and there, but wasn't able to move the ball when necessary, particularly that goal line stand in which they had a chance at the one-yard line and got stopped, and he actually fumbled the ball on that play. It was inconsequential except for fantasy football, but you know the fact that he, the fact that he couldn't get it in there on essentially four tries, um, it wasn't just him, but that entire Cowboys offense is shocking to me against a Colts defense, which has quietly become quite good, although not one that was feared at the beginning of the year. So that was the most surprising, um, and the shutout is just it's really hard to get a shutout, so... Uh, unless, of course, it's against your Giants, I guess. But it's really hard to get those <laughs> shutouts. So, you know, that, that was surprising to me. Now, the least surprising game to me was the Patriots-Steelers. The reason for that is because I actually picked the Steelers to win. I actually did this. This wasn't surprising to me at all. I thought that the Steelers were going to come up for this game. It was a home game. Um, it was a Ben, Big Ben home game. He was He's injured, and we all know that Big Ben plays well when he's injured. For something, something motivates him to do better when he's suffering from injuries. I mean, I remember several years ago, Big Ben went on a run when he had basically every limb on the injury report. I mean, he had like an arm, a leg, a back, uh, uh, you know, he had an injury in every part of his body and he still did incredibly well. So we all know that home Ben, injured Ben does really well. And uh, he was able to put it together. They didn't score nearly as many points as I thought they would. That was the most surprising thing. I think that's what you were kind of alluding to is that the Patriots just did not show up. But um, as far as the outcome, I totally expected the Steelers to win that one. I would love to hear um, Ryan's comments on that. I'm sure he would rant like crazy about <laughs> the Steelers and uh, blah, 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 this and that and the other and how the Patriots are, are terrible now and so on and so forth. Now, I don't think this is the last we'll see from the Patriots. I'm sure they'll put it together because Bill Belichick does that. But um, that was surprising. To, that was not surprising to me, the outcome. All right. So any other games come to mind that you want to talk about, uh, Joey, that were surprising to you? Or did those five kind of kind of capture that? Those five kind of capture that, but I mentioned before that that Vikings-Dolphins game, I, yeah. I kind yeah, of yeah. kept my on, eye on it during the Giants-Titans game just because it was one of those games that we needed to happen for the Giants to make the playoffs. But, um, I mean, the Vikings went up quick. They went up 21 nothing, and then they gave up 17. They went yep. up and they ended up scoring 40, which is the most 
in a really long time for that team. And it's right. just mind-boggling because DiFilippo was, like, actually a head coach candidate. Right. Like, people thought he was going to be a candidate to become head coach somewhere after the season, gets fired. Yep. Um, yeah. Stefanski, who was actually – um, asked to interview for the Giants' offensive coordinator position, which was denied by the Vikings. Steps in, takes over as offensive coordinator, finds a way to get Dalvin Cook involved. Uh, we've seen him injured for a better part of the year and really limited in, in terms of snaps when DeFilippo was um, coordinator there. Uh, but Dalvin Cook, I had him on my bench in fantasy, and it cost me big time. It cost me a chance yeah. at the championship. That's a tough one. That was a real tough one because he has actually been struggling a little bit as of late, but that was a real breakout game for him. Of course, Adam Thielen did not do any favors for his fantasy owners, uh, struggling for um, actually two weeks in a row now, but essentially four of the last five weeks, he's been pretty mediocre, uh, if not terrible. So um, shocking, really shocking that they were able to put up all those points and none of it came from Adam Thielen even. So um, very interesting there, although the outcome is exactly what I expected. I thought the Vikings would actually bounce back and have that win against the Dolphins. So I I wasn't surprised by that. All right, let's get on to our next uh, topic here. Ring the bell. Let's talk about some waiver wire pickups. So I got four here for you. And I'm going to name them off for you. And you tell me what you think about these. If you'd want to pick any of these guys up in any of your fantasy football teams, assuming that you're going to the championship weekend uh, next weekend. Okay. And then, uh, then let me know if you have any others that you would rather pick up. All right. So here's a couple that I thought of. So um, Kellen Balage, uh, who was actually um, uh, subbed in for Frank Gore, um, was, um, you know, did really, really well. He rushed 12 times, 123 yards, touchdown. And he had a and, and the most impressive one of which was a 75-yard TD sprint in his second half. Kenyon Drake, uh, on the other hand, barely saw any snaps. He had one carry, three receptions. So Gore may miss time with an ankle injury. Kalen Balaj, um widely available in essentially 99% of Yahoo leagues. Um, Jamal Williams, um, the uh, running back for the uh, Green Bay Packers, is the second one. Um, Aaron Jones went down with a suspected to be a knee sprain. He went on to rush 12 times for 55 yards and a touchdown and had 42 receiving yards on top of that with four receptions. So he has not been that exciting when Aaron Jones is out, but he did look pretty good this past weekend against a really tough Bears defense, and he does have the Jets on tap next week. So there's Jamal Williams. He's available in about 84% of Yahoo leagues. Then next is Mike Williams. I'm cheating a little bit because he actually is um, owned in more than 50%. But uh, Mike Millions of the, Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers, we mentioned him. You know, Keenan Allen went down with a hip injury early. He may or may not come back. Um, I suspect he will, but there's no reason to rush him back at this point. Um, and he just came out just unbelievably productive. Uh, seven of nine targets for 76 yards and two touchdowns. And a game-winning two-point conversion as time expire, essentially as time was about to expire, and he had another 19 yards and another TD on a single carry. So he um, was doing quite well. Again, uh, available in about 49% of Yahoo leagues. And then Deshaun Hamilton um, in Denver. Now it's a little bit confusing there because, of course, no Demarius Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders. We all thought Cortland Sutton would step up. He has to a certain extent. There's also Tim Patrick there. And then Deshaun Hamilton, quietly in the background, doing quite well, catching seven of a whopping 12 targets for 46 yards and um, in his last week. And 
Uh, he's coming off a 14 reception, 93-yard TD performance the previous week. He now has a team leading 21 targets over the last two games, and he has the Lowly Raiders on tap. So Deshaun Hamilton also uh, something to consider, and he is available in 78% of Yahoo League. So what are your thoughts about those four guys? Do you want any of those four guys, or, and, or is there anybody else that you'd rather be picking up? The two guys I keep my eye on are Balaj and Hamilton. Um, Balaj, especially if you're even leaning on James Conner's performance throughout the year, uh, his backup Samuels has been decent above average, but uh-huh. if you want maybe just a little bit more, I'd go get Balaj. I mean, we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, like fantasy football playoff strategy and going and get guys that are high volume or right. are one injury away from you know, getting that type of volume. And I think Balaj is one of those guys that can really make a difference in your season. Um, in terms of Deshaun Hamilton, I like him for a week, um, especially against the Raiders. Um, I don't know about that Chargers game because we know the Chargers have a lot of talent in that secondary. Um, yeah. uh, Jamal Williams is an interesting one to me. Um, that Packers team just seems kind of like bad in a way. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't expect them – to like really put up a fight now that they're out of playoff contention, right? And I wouldn't want to risk my fantasy championship on that on a player like him on the team like that. Yeah. Um, and then who is the other one again? Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. Mike Williams. Yes, that I'm a no on him only because really? the two defenses, only because the two defenses that the Chargers are going to be facing, and uh-huh. I don't think Keenan Allen is going to be. Uh, missing any significant time. Um, Chargers face the Ravens next Saturday and then the, right. the Broncos in week 17. Two yeah. very good defenses. Um, I, I, I wouldn't bet, like, if you have a, a good stable receivers and you have a, a solid flex, I don't know if it would be worth it to go grab him. Okay. All right. Well, very interesting. I mean, that that is, uh, I actually am surprised by that because I didn't think you would say no on Mike Williams, but that's a really good point. I really didn't think about that. I was just thinking about that. I was just blinded by his production last Thursday. He <laughs> did so well. And we've been waiting for the second year, uh, first, I mean, the first round draft pick from 2017 to, to really break out. And we thought this was maybe his breakout party, but a great point there. So is there anybody else that you would consider um, picking up instead of those four guys, if you're going into your championship weekend? Um, if you have Ertz, um, Philadelphia is facing Houston this coming week. We know how good Houston's defense is as well. Um, I would maybe hear me out. This isn't a homer pick. I would think about get maybe Evan Ingram on the Giants. He's seen increased targets since he came back from in uh, from injury. Um, I believe it was last week. He had about 80 yards or so. Um. Odell should be back this week, which might take some pressure off of him and Sterling Shepard as well. So I'd be interested in maybe bringing Ingram if you're if you have Ertz. Um, there's not a lot of solid tight ends that you can rely on in the NFL anymore for mm-hmm. fantasy production value. But um, Ingram's one of those hybrid wide receiver tight end guys that has a lot of speed, can, can just run past guys if you need him to. So that that's an interesting pickup to me. 
Yeah, no, no, most definitely. I, I do like I like that as well. And I actually drafted Evan Engram at the beginning of the season to be my starting tight end and had to drop him in many leagues because of injury. And then after that, lack of production. And he did pick it up significantly uh, last week. So uh, interesting thoughts there. And um, a lot of those things can be helpful. And as you said, if you have a stable set of uh, players, player studs, don't you know? You just got to trust them into your championship week. They got you there. It's not the 17th week, so uh, you don't want to take any chances. In the 16th week, most of those starters are still going to be playing. And at this point in time of the season, I uh, I just don't bench my studs. I just play them, and let's not let's not get too cute. All right, let's ring the bell on that. Let's move on to our last topic of the day. That's the that's our DFS plays in week 16. Let's go with position by position. We'll go uh, with quarterback first. Who do you have on tap as quarterback plays for DFS? All right, I got two guys this week. I've got Baker Mayfield versus the Bengals this week. Bengals, we talked about before, their past defense is bottom three in the league. Um, I really like what the Browns have been doing on offense since Freddie Kitchens took over as offensive coordinator. Um, my second pick at quarterback is going to be Dak Prescott against the Bucks. We've talked all mm. about how bad the Bucks defense is. Um, wow. I know I know the Cowboys had a rough week last week against the Colts, but uh, I would I would hedge my money on on Prescott this week against the Bucks. Wow. Okay. Well, I like the matchup, but I I feel a little queasy because he was so terrible last week. But yeah, I love the matchup. I know. Though, and and the value is definitely there. Uh, he's really cheap. Um, I will give you a high um, kind of medium wow. and a low option. And uh, and these are all playable in my book on quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger, I like him against New Orleans. I think he comes out to play. Even though it's a road game, it is in a dome. And uh, the New Orleans Saints are 32nd against the pass. So he's the most expensive quarterback on DraftKings this week. But I think he may be worth it if you want to play up, pay up. I also like Kirk Cousins, as you, as you mentioned. The um, Minnesota Vikings offense, for some reason, looks revitalized. I don't know why. Um, but hey, you know, they're playing the Detroit Lions 26 against the pass and he is $6,000 on DraftKings. And I like Sam Darno as your cheap value play. The Sam Darno looks really good against a tough Houston Texans defense on Saturday. And he, uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's going to be up this week, um, with, uh, with a matchup with against a 30th ranked defense against pass against, uh, quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I think $4,900 on DraftKings, he could be a steal. Let's go to running backs. Who do you have as running back? Um, these are going to be more of your higher price guys, but um, I like McCaffrey against the Falcons. Oh, um, yeah, love that after, one. After the Falcons lost, uh, Deion Jones and Keanu Neal and, and some other guys on that defense, it's been a, it's been a rough stretch for them. Um, I still think they're a talented team, but I don't think that defense is doing itself any favors. Um, we've seen uh, a lot of running backs and even tight ends go off against the Falcons. So I really like McCaffrey this, uh, this coming week. Um, mm-hmm. My second guy, another more expensive guy, the undrafted rookie, if you didn't know, Philip Lindsay going against the Raiders. Yep. Um, the Raiders defense, abysmal. Um, Lindsay should get a lot of touches either uh, through the air or on the ground. Really like that play this week. Okay, I, I have a, my high-priced guy, and I love Christian McCaffrey, but I also think Ezekiel Elliott can deliver against Tampa Bay. Just like you say, Dak Prescott has a good matchup, so does Ezekiel Elliott, and if they get up, they can really start to smash their 30th against the run. So um, $9,000 on DraftKings, um, expensive, but if you want to pay up, 
I like him. I also like Christian McCaffrey. I also like Joe Mixon, who had a great week this past week. He's up against Cleveland coming up this following uh, this weekend, and they are 24th against running back, so a pretty good uh, matchup for him. He's only at 7,100, so you want a mid-price uh, option. I like him. And then as your cheap option of the week, I like Tevin Coleman. Big breakout week for Tevin Coleman this past weekend. And no Devontae Freeman. He's still on IR. He's not coming back to practice yet. And Edo Smith just put on IR today. So Tevin Coleman will take a full load against the Carolina Panthers, who is a pretty tough matchup, but only $4,800. You could take him, and at least you have the volume-based play there. Let's go to wide receivers. Who do you have as wide receiver? I got two, I'd say, medium-level guys for you. Um, I like Corey Davis against the Redskins. Um, I mean, we saw the Giants without Odell put up 40. Um, so I like the, tech, uh, the Titans' chances of – matching that same type of production against the Redskins this week. Um, mm-hmm. Corey Davis had a decent game against the Giants. He got a lot of targets, honestly. So I really like that play. Um, decent value, I'd say. Um, my second my second guy is going to be Josh Reynolds against the Cardinals. I really hope that the Rams offense turns it around this this, uh, this week. Um, I saw Josh Reynolds get a lot of targets when I was watching that, that game last night, especially in the fourth quarter. Um but, yeah, I'm actually just expecting the Rams offense to bounce back. And he's kind of turned into a favorite target of Goff's um, with um, injury to Cooper Cup um, yep. a month and a half ago or so. So I like Reynolds against the Cardinals. Yep, and he almost had that touchdown that was overruled the last second and went to Todd Gurley on essentially two plays later. So, yeah, could be productive and definitely has touchdown potential, definitely drawing a lot of attention from uh, Jared Goff. I like, as my high play of the week, Antonio Brown at New Orleans for the same reason like Ben Roethlisberger, 32nd against the against the pass, and uh, he's $8,300. He actually is only the uh, fifth most expensive uh, wide receiver this week. So I think if you're going to you know, you pay up, you don't pay out the maximum, and you still get probably one of the best guys out there. I like Julian Edelman against Buffalo. He doesn't have a great matchup against Buffalo, but he has just been a target monster, just a total target monster. He had double-digit targets in five of his last seven. Double-digit targets. It's unbelievable. So on a point-per-reception site like DraftKings, even on a half-point-per-reception site like FanDuel, I like Julian Edelman. Uh, he's a mid-range price on DraftKings at 7200 And I like, as your cheap play of the week, and this is in line with my love, love Sam Darno and the Jets, Robbie Anderson against those Green Bay Packers. Again, like I said, 25th against the pass here, $4,500, really, really cheap. Robbie Anderson, breakout week last weekend. Uh, so I like him if you want to save some money at wide receiver. Let's go to tight ends. Who do you got for tight ends there? Uh, we talked about it before, but there's not a lot of um, really productive tight ends in the league anymore in terms of fantasy production. But the two guys I like this week, um, they're they're probably mid to higher priced. But I like Kyle Rudolph versus the Lions. Um just because of the way the Vikings offense turned up last week. Mm-hmm. And the Lions okay. defense isn't very strong, even with Patricia there. Um, I know I know Ryan's thoughts on that, Patricia. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, like, I, like, I like Rudolph and the Vikings offense versus the Lions this week. You mentioned it before with Kirk Cousins. The second matchup I had um, is going to be David Njoku versus the Bengals. Yeah, um, I love it. I'm, I'm sure he's, he's not a mid-price guy. Um, Bengals defense is just atrocious. Um, Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens have really turned that offense around in recent weeks since Hugh Jackson's firing. Um, so I think that's a pretty um, pretty good chance at a high return on the Joku there. 
Yeah, I love that David Njoku pick. I mean, the fact of the matter is that he has averaged five targets in his last four games, definitely has the eye of Baker Mayfield. Um, that is some serious potential for production against the 28th-ranked defense against tight ends uh, in Cincinnati. So love David Njoku. He's only 3,800 on DraftKings. And I love your guy, Evan Engram. <laughs> I, I will recommend him at 4,600, even though he's more expensive there, uh, because he's going to be playing the uh, 22nd-ranked uh, New Orleans uh, – I'm sorry, 22nd-ranked defense – uh, in the NFL, and I think that uh, he has his target share has gone up dramatically over the uh, in this last week, and I think it will continue to go up. Let's go to defense. Well, who do you have on defense? Uh, defensively, um, <clears throat> honestly, I like the Titans D this week against wow. the Redskins. Oh, okay, uh, right. Especially, especially because their quarterback situation is just abysmal. Um, I mean, the Giants did pretty well against them for three quarters, shut them out. And then Kyle Alletta threw that pick that led to the score with Josh Johnson at quarterback, who's going to be right. playing in the AAF, the AAF. Is that what it's yeah. called? That new football I think league? that's right. Yeah. Josh, <laughs> Josh Johnson. Amazing. So, um, yeah, I like the Titans D this week. That's that's the only defense I have for you, but I really, really like that play. Wow. Okay. So I will go. I don't really, I don't like any of the real value plays this week. So I'm just going at the top here. I'm saying bears at San Francisco, 3,500 that are most expensive defense on most sites, but I still like them dramatically. Uh, you, you know, I just think that there's going to be, they're unstoppable. They'll allow points, but they get you tons in sacks and turnovers. So I like that. And um, Nick Mullins is getting absolutely decimated by that Seattle defense, even <laughs> though, he did really well and did manage to win the game for them. He got, he just got absolutely destroyed back there. So I can imagine the bears will have a field day. And then the Rams at Arizona, they need to bounce back in the worst possible way. Arizona just looks horrific. They look horrific on deep, on offense. Um, I think they're going to, they're good for a couple of interceptions, a couple of turnovers. I think there's a lot that can happen here. So um, I'm going to go with the Rams at $3,200 in DraftKings. And I think that basically wraps up, all we have to say about uh, DFS this week, so hopefully everybody has some good thoughts on how to build their uh, build their uh, lineups. And, uh, of course, we'll have an article out this, later this week for those of you who play cash games and uh, with some more suggestions in there. And for now, let's blow the air horn on the show. We're at the end of the show. It always goes so fast. Uh, so, Joey, give us your social media so people can follow you. Uh, I'm at Joey Libro and... Our co-host Ryan Whitfield is at Ryan Whitfield N-E. Uh, make sure to send him some soup so he can get better and we can get him back on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, poor Ryan. Couldn't even stay up till 9 p.m. Uh, he is <laughs> definitely, definitely sick. So, um, yeah, our best wishes to you, Ryan. Hopefully you get back here next week. Uh, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Uh, as usual, thank you for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. <laughs>